I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. The nation's military leaders were summoned to the White House today for a crisis meeting. The focus was not Afghanistan or Syria. It was the wave of sexual assaults among U.S. Armed Forces personnel. This week, in the second such case to emerge, an Army officer in charge of a program to prevent sexual assaults was himself accused of sexual assault. Overall, the Pentagon's own statistics put the number of sexual assaults in the military last year at 26,000. That's some 71 people a day assaulted while serving their country. Sergeant Jennifer Norris knows the issue firsthand. She's a veteran of the U.S. Air Force. Her problem started in 1996 when she first signed on to serve at the age of 24. Right after I enlisted, the recruiter that signed me in Um, invited me to what I thought was a squadron-sponsored function, and he called it a quote-unquote new recruit party. Unbeknownst to me, I showed up at his house, and there were no other new recruits there. Um, He had a neighbor over and his wife, and as soon as I walked through the door, he proceeded to try and force alcohol down my throat with drinking games. And so I had like a, a you know, a, a drive back home. I didn't want to drink and drive. So I was like adamantly saying, no, 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 I don't want to drink this. And before I knew it, I was starting to get upset with his behavior. And when I stood up, I realized I was dizzy. And I now know that he drugged me. But at the time, I didn't know what was happening. And that's how he was able to have his way and rape me um, was because I was incapacitated. I couldn't move. Um, and I had just started the Air Force, so the last thing I wanted to do was, you know, go into the commander before I even left for basic training and say, hey, your recruiter just raped me. I was still trying to figure it all out. So Jennifer Norris says she soldiered on and started climbing the Air Force ladder. She went to technical training. She got security clearances. But when Sergeant Norris got to her permanent duty station in Maine, she was assaulted by several of her superiors. It was like being in a domestic violence relationship that I couldn't get a divorce from. And I was basically just falling apart on the inside when one day someone noticed that something was wrong with me. And they said, you know, how'd you go from being a superior performer, wanting to retire with the military to you just don't give a damn anymore? Were you able to explain why? I did. For some reason, the floodgates just opened and I started bawling and told him everything that I had been through. And I told him not to tell anyone, but he said, you know, as an officer in the military, a non-commissioned officer in the military, it was his duty to inform the commander of illegal activity. And I begged him not to tell the commander because I knew once he did that my career would be over and I just wanted my career. So I was hoping I could just transfer out of there and start over somewhere else. But he said, if you don't tell him, I will. So I went and reported all four of the the perpetrators, three of which we know for sure had histories of sexual assault and rape. Jennifer, you know, one of the big pushes on Capitol Hill is to take sexual assault investigations out of the military chain of command. Would that have changed your situation? Absolutely. I was so scared to tell the commander. I just, I just couldn't. I was just like, how is this commander going to believe me when this same man is in his office all the time, very close to him, his right-hand man, they're laughing together. I mean, that's one of my triggers is men laughing together now because that's what happened to me. I would see them laugh together and think, I can't go to him and tell him what happened. They're like best buds. And 
if it had if I had been able to report to anyone but the commander, it would have been a way safer situation for me at least because what happens is once you report to your commander, the whole chain of command is informed of what's happened because that's how the military works. So the commander needs to let everyone in your chain of command know that, okay, this is what's going on with this troop right now. We have to do this investigation. And it turns the squadron upside down. In the meantime, I had to leave so the manipulative predators got to stay back at the squadron and sell their version of things. They finally were... I don't want to say adjudicated because they weren't, but they were found guilty to a degree. What do you think is really at the root of this problem? I mean, why has the U.S. military fallen down again and again on this issue? I mean, betraying the women who serve this country. Where's the disconnect? The disconnect is that they never wanted us to begin with. And I'm not talking about my peers. My peers grew up as equals with me. The disconnect is that when they created the all-volunteer force in 1973, it's what Congress wanted, not what the military wanted. I mean, if you read the history books, you can, you can clearly see that the military in times of war was provided with prostitutes. There's tons of stories about, you know, what they've done over in Korea with prostitutes and what they've done in Japan with prostitutes and Vietnam with prostitutes. And, you know, when the military put a stop to that where it wasn't kosher anymore, it's almost like they like turned to us and expected us to fill those positions. But, but haven't and those that's literally changed in the last several decades? I mean, women were recently permitted to fight on the front lines. The women who get sent overseas are in the most danger, and we should have we needed to fix the rape problem before we actually put women in combat mm. on the front lines because that's where it's the most dangerous. They're totally dependent on their chain of command overseas, and it's the land of the lawlessness. So I would have really liked to have seen us take care of this first before we start sending people over there. You know, to people like myself, like many of our listeners who've not served and who don't know the military on the inside, it looks like a problem with no end in sight. I mean, I'm just to you, waking up every day to the news stories of sexual assault on uh, other women in the military, how does it seem to you? Oh, it absolutely breaks my heart because I I was silenced into shame after reporting and I never talked about sexual assault or any of that kind of stuff again. I just soldiered on. And then as a result of being angry, anger motivated me, and I started looking into things and doing research and then discovered that it was an epidemic, and I completely understood why, because I was a victim of it. So in addition to doing a lot of research and studying on the issue, including reading the opposition side as to why women shouldn't be in combat and stuff, um, I came to the conclusion that we were a social experiment gone bad. Still, Sergeant Norris, would you advise a young woman, the daughter of a friend or a niece, to join the military? My answer is not right now, but we will work very, very hard to make the military the best that it can be so that someday our daughters can join without being raped and sexually harassed and assaulted. But we got to clean this mess up first, and the military can't do it. They've proven that. So now it's time to take someone from the outside to come in and clean it up. Sergeant Jennifer Norris, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. You're very welcome. Sergeant Jennifer Norris is a veteran of the U.S. Air Force. She's now a member of the Protect Our Defenders Advocacy Committee.